And welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us on our first episode of the Headwing Talk. My name is Luke Jean, and I'm joined here by my good friend, Samuel Miranda. How you doing, Bo? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Luke. Good to see you. Trying to do the throwback to my YouTube channel years ago. <laughs> Good to see you there. Yep. The audience will not know where to find it as of now. If you need to know where it is, let me know. I have the information. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that embarrassing, to be honest. But still, we're trying to put out some high-quality content. So freshman year of high school, you know. It may reflect poorly on this podcast, so we don't want to do that. It was a video quality. I thought it was good, but anyway. Okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, so first, you know, who are you, Sam? Who are you? Like, what are, what do you do in life? Who am I? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so I'm currently 22 years old, and I'm a senior in college right now. Uh, I study in Boston. Um, studying cell and molecular biology. Uh, I hope to go into med school in a couple of years and, uh, yeah, become a physician. That's my goal. I'm also heavily involved in, you know, ministry activities with, of course, my good friend Luke over here. Um, we do CARP, which is a, a club that we discuss, um, you know, aspects of God and higher purpose. So I'm glad that you have me on um, with this topic because I think that it overlaps well with what we're doing. Yeah, totally. It's it's always nice to work together on something, especially something that we, you know, commonly believe in. Uh you're in the complete opposite field of me. I'm in the history field. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I, was I think joking... we complement each other well, for sure. Yeah, I was joking with you on Friday, like uh you said you had to do all this studying, but like I feel like I haven't studied in years. I'm just writing papers <laughs> and like open book open book tests you know they're teaching history better it's not just memorization so yeah mm. I'm, I'm a bit out of practice <laughs> so no yeah i'm looking forward to when you become a teacher too i think you'll be a, a very good teacher for the kids in the future that's the goal that's the goal gotta shape them up gotta get them to think they should they'll listen to this that. years down the road they'll listen to it like yes you know. sir um so yeah uh so like you said you know our topic today is about god and you know how we view god um and i think you share a similar perspective to me on this um but you know how do you view god and i guess we can start with that Hmm. how do i view god uh i view god as i think simply like a, a parental figure uh more specifically like a heavenly parent that uh knows all and genuinely you know cares about me and my growth and my relationship with him so it's more of like an intimate relationship uh where you know i go to god for with any problems i may have or or yeah more like a parent child relationship that i want to continue to develop and as any parent child relationship there's growth um and you know there's strengthening of that relationship that needs to be done so that's been the course of my life too, strengthening my bond with my heavenly parent. Yeah, like parent-child relationship. That's very interesting. Um, you go to, you know, God with your problems. I feel like that's kind of like a, it's almost like a trope I feel a lot of times. Um, like 
a lot of I, I hear, you know, as a kid in middle school, I went to a Catholic school, been in Catholic school my whole life. Um, and, you know, in middle school, like the only time people, the kids would play, like even though it's a religious school is like if like they're struggling with something, if they need like a good grade. Um, and I think some people may be kind of put off by that. It's like, you know, why do I have to go to God only with my problems? But if God's like a parent, then like, would you say that's kind of natural to like go to your parent with like your problems? I would say so. Yeah, it comes very natural to me as well. Like whenever I'm struggling with something, uh, you know, going to God or even my, my own parents, whom I'm blessed to have a good relationship with. Um, that's when I receive, you know, the best advice because, you know, a parental figure is a figure that loves you the most and has unconditional love for you. So there is no conflict of interest here. It's just genuinely um, what they see is best for me. So that's why I trust a parental figure like my parents or even heavenly parents for any any of my affairs, especially the things I have to work on. Yeah. yeah it's interesting because if it's like a kid's like inclination to like go to God with their problems, it's kind of interesting because like typically we think that like, you know, Kids like they go to their friends with their problems, and like the you know how many times I I can't think of like I, I think of so many times where like I did that and like I got like sometimes the most crap advice. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> just like, are you sure like you're trying to help me? Or are you just trying to validate like my like anger or like whatever emotion I'm feeling? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's why it's really important to recognize like our proper position in the various relationships that we have, like for friendships, like you said, it's not really a relationship where you just, you just solely seek for advice to your problems, but it's kind of like working together towards a common goal. Whereas a parental figure, it's more like a, a vertical, you know, receiving advice and, and guidance. Yeah. But yeah, also like when working. I'm doing well, I was just going to say when I'm doing well and you know, things are work uh, moving smoothly in my life. My relationship with God or how I communicate with God would be more of like a, a feelings of gratitude towards my heavenly parents. Um, so it's not just with problems as well. It's also for all the emotions that come up in life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it's, you know, I hope we all, you know, at least strive to be grateful to our parents, you know, even though they're not perfect, you know. They did, you know, mm. give birth to us. I mean, that's one thing. Like, exactly. We literally wouldn't yeah. exist without them. Um, and yet, for me, it's like, you know, would I exist without God? Or like, whatever created this universe? Like, no. Like, whatever origin, you know, whether it was like, like a physical, you know, like a heavenly parent, if it's like something else, like, we wouldn't exist without whatever happened, like, prior to the Big Bang or whatever like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I I think 100%. that like like friends like they're not they're not necessarily trying to give you they're not purposely giving you bad advice like they they rarely are I mean if they're purposely if they're real giving friends. you bad, uh, yeah, yeah I mean if they're real friends I mean I guess you know the lesser of the friends are like friends you you kind of know like have some hidden intention like yeah you know like you're not gonna get the best advice from them but like even your close friends it's like. There's a. It feels like there's almost a limit to like the the helpful advice that you may want. Like, I, especially as, mm -hmm. as a teenager, like in my senior year, like I always 
uh, went to my funds for advice. And, you know, they would give some good advice. They they really cared about me. They were true friends. But, like, they couldn't give me what I actually needed, which was, like, I was struggling with my parents because I was, like, in my rebellious phase. Mm. Um, and, like, I needed that parental, like, type of love. Like, as much as, like, my friends wanted to help, as much as, like, I wanted them to help me. Mm. Yeah. And e- even being here in college, you know, I have many blessed to have a lot of good friends here um, in this environment. Uh, but I think that just like naturally when we have good relationships with our parents, like naturally, like I, I don't go to my friends with problems. Um, I'm typically in a position to like listen and not share too much. And I think it's because of this natural inclination that we all have to seek parental love um, for, you know, things that we need to work on. Isn't that weird? Like, like college for most people is like, it's the first time, like, you're just not with your parents. Like, mm-hmm. sure, there's teachers, but like, they're not like your parents. They're not even close. No. Like, there's no, they have no like 200 figure. students. They don't really care about each student, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless you like, you know, try your hardest to like form yeah. a relationship. But even then, it's like, yeah, it's weird. It's like, you know, there's a lot of good things about college in that way it's like you finally get to like break your shell and be like an independent person but it's like not nothing like a lot of the times like the things you'll do in college like you would never do at home it, mm. it just wouldn't like cross your mind and like you know you, i i see on like social media like like those interviews with like you know like the, the college people and like they, they they'll share like the wildest stories like the absolute mm-hmm. wildest things i just think in my head like Imagine if their parents watched this video. Like they would, they would be like they would be covering their face. Like uh, most people would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's there's definitely uh, a lot of influences in college. Um, it's an environment where, like you said, like kids are away from their parents for the first time, and uh, maybe in the rebellious phase too. So there's a lot of like yeah, secular influences that can hurt you in the long run. Um, that's why it's really important to have number one, a clear purpose as to why you're in college. I feel like it's really common for kids to just go to college because that's what everyone else is doing. And you're paying tens of thousands of dollars, not really knowing what you want to do. And in my opinion, that's not a very good use of your time. Um, So a clear purpose. And number two, I think it's really important to also have strong parental figures in your life. And I know you know, it's not always the reality that people have good relationships with their parents, you know, and uh, statistics show that as well. And th- but that's okay. We, it's important to you know, seek parental figures, whether that's like someone in an elder figure in your community, in your church, or, or a club that you're part of, you know, someone you can go to with problems and someone who serves like, like a parent in that position, just, just because you know, it's important to have accountability and some kind of guidance in college, especially because you're you're alone. You know, like you don't have pa- your family with you dorming together. So, yeah, like seeking parental figures, it's kind of like that's a basic necessity, and like like psychology shows that. Like, it's pretty clear that like, like especially like like young kids, they like they need a parental figure because. The parental figure 
whatever, whoever it may be, like a teacher, a, a coach, a pastor, whoever, like whatever setting you're in, like it's the parental figure or like the elder, a higher upper person, whatever you want to call it, that like gives the structure. And like kids mm-hmm. think they don't want structure. Kids think like the rules are stupid. Like I thought the rules were stupid. But like then I like I work with kids now in the education field. And like if you don't give kids structure, like they're just gonna like they're gonna run the place and it's gonna like blow up. Like it could yeah, it's like, gonna be a mess. potentially literally. Like they could like you know, like like break a wire, like start a fire, like because they're running around crazy. Because there's like no structure. Mm. Like they could pull the fire alarm or like they could break the window and like glass shatters everywhere and like all the kids like cut themselves because they're running around. Like yeah. there's just so many scenarios. Like I hope that structure. never happened at your work. No, <laughs> because that's no, pretty I, descriptive. God, no. no, no, no. I'm just imagining. Like when you're a teacher, like okay, of kids, Good. like like you imagine, <laughs> you imagine like the worst scenarios. I mean, there have been moments, you know, like when I first like started close calls. Huh? Yeah, well, like when I was like I was almost 19, so I was 18, mm-hmm. like like just fresh out of high school, right? And I got a job in an after school program um to you know be an aide um and because of the the covid pandemic like things were kind of stressed like understaffed you know we could only use we had to use like a the gym which is like super echoey and it's like you have like kindergarten through sixth graders there it's like that's a recipe for like chaos because it's like even when you talk like it echoes so imagine like the kids are being loud or screaming it's like Mm. It's just like chaos and like my first time there like like my first few days like the kids would all like like gravitate to me and like that's part because you know i'm a nice guy and like i am good with kids i would think but it's also because they sense like someone who's outside the structure you know like ooh, we can take advantage of him like let's try and break all the rules because he supposedly doesn't know the rules um, if we can get him on our side, we can cause havoc in this Exactly, place. exactly. Because like, <laughs> kids, kids naturally try and push the boundaries. That's another thing psychology has shown. Like, kids naturally try and you know, push the boundaries. Okay, what, what rules can I break and can I not break? Yeah. Um, like as a little kid, like your parents will sometimes, like a four-year-old, like let's say like they're trying to break away from the parent's hand. And like, they do, and then like the kid tries to cross the street, and the pa- the the like the parent yells at them. It's like no, like to the outside eye, maybe like why is he going off on his kid? Like he's four years old, but actually mm-hmm. it's like a boundary set. It's like no, why? Because you could get killed by crossing the street because you're not gonna look. And then kid, the kid will learn. Oh, okay, I can't let go of my mom's hand. Like when I'm walking on the sidewalk, like that's just a no. But if the parent doesn't yell harshly and like it's kind of like oh no come back yeah just come back it's okay if you almost ran over then like the kid's <laughs> gonna think they can do it again <laughs> of course yeah yeah until there's disastrous consequences of course exactly exactly yeah so like i learned to like set the boundaries you know like not be lenient at least in the beginning so mm. now i'm at the point where like the kids they don't try and mess with me or if they do like i catch on pretty quick and I say, yeah. all right, go, go, go talk to my, you know, my boss or like the head of the program mm. or like, yeah. I'm not going to deal with you. Like, go, you know, the answer. <laughs> yeah, it's good because kids are, 
they may seem naive and um, like a little dumb, but they're really not, you know, they're, no. they're cunning and they can manipulate you if you give them yeah, the chance. It's so true. It's like, you gotta be, you gotta be like, parents have to be strong in their boundaries, like in what they will and will not do and have to be consistent. Mm. And so like when, you know, when we go off to college, it's like literally whatever rules, boundaries, even amidst all the potential problems with the relationship with your parents or your family situation, which there's, you know, often is like severe problems. But when you leave that, it's like there's, the structure just disappears entirely. Even if the structure is cracked and like it's rusty and like there's a lot of problems, like there's just nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yep. Yeah. And you were talking about boundaries um, a lot with the kids. And I think that really applies to, you know, uh, how we conduct ourselves and how we live our lives in the college campus, too. Because, you know, many people like this, people of all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of value systems and worldviews, um, which is great in the sense that you can you know learn from each other and see the diversity that, you know, our human family has. But at the same time, there are some things in our value system that we don't want to compromise, at least for me personally. Um, the, these things are, are things such as, you know, my, my life of faith and, you know, time spent with my heavenly parents. Um, this is, you know, other things like purity. These things are, they have to have, you, you have to have clear boundaries um, in order to, you know, you know, like maintain these values that you have. And once again, you know, having a clear purpose or connection to those values and then a parental figures and good relationships in your life to help you keep you accountable and help you recognize the, the, the value of these principles when you're maybe not so inspired or not so motivated in college. You know, that's why I, I really think those two, those two things are essential for a successful mm. college experience. Yeah, let's, let's explore that a little more because like, you know, you're a person who you know practices a life of faith, like a religious life of faith, and like there's certain things that you don't want to compromise, like you said, like purity, uh, waiting till marriage to uh, you know have sex, um, and probably other things that go along with your religious life. And like at the same time, it's like there's such opportunity in the diversity of the college campus. So it's like you know, like you said, like navigating it's pretty tricky. Um, it is. So. In terms of like your boundaries, like how do you set like what how do you set your boundaries like and kind of do that balancing act of like uh, having friends and conversations and going to events with people from all different beliefs, whether they're different religious beliefs, spiritual yeah. beliefs, whether they you know their levels of like you know behavior at parties, for example, or like what what substances they do and do not consume. Like how do you navigate like being open and you know, relating with those people, but while at the same time, like practicing your own beliefs and not compromising. What's that balancing mm. act for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, in college, you know, I've I've had the experience of you know having friends from all kinds of backgrounds, and and a lot of them are you know genuinely great people, but some of them just naturally may have a different lifestyle that I do, and a different value structure, and you know we can be friends and we can you know, uh, enjoy each other's company, but there are some, there are some 
times where like, the boundaries um, and need to be drawn and uh, values not compromised. Uh, so one thing that helps me is being mindful of uh, how I'm doing emotionally and spiritually. And this is a kind of like a daily thing, like a daily check-in. Like Samuel, how are you doing right now? How are you feeling? And if I'm feeling a little off kilter or feeling like, uh, you know, I would benefit a lot from, you know, going back home and just kind of receiving the love of my parents or, you know, close brothers and sisters in my community, then I need to tend to that. Uh, And if I don't, there's kind of like a, a vacancy in my heart, like this need to receive love. And if I'm not attending to that in a good way through my family, through uh, my brothers and sisters, then it's easier uh, to look look uh, for that kind of I don't know, I don't know like care or or attention from you know negative influences in college. So for me, you know, if if I'm invited to like a, a social gathering in college where I know you know there will be people of different you know value systems and um, maybe doing things that I I wouldn't do like like consuming alcohol for example. I would first, you know, check in with myself and, you know, see how I'm doing. And if I don't feel, if I feel like there, I, I need some kind of, you know, parental love or, or attention to help digest a certain experience I had in college, then I, d- I would decide not to go because it will be easier for me to like waver and potentially compromise my values. So, uh, but if I do feel strong in my, in like my faith and, and, uh, I guess, yeah, satisfied, I guess, might not be the best word, but um, secure with myself, then, you know, I'm open to go sometimes with my friends and and have a good time because I know I wouldn't compromise any of these, these values that I have. Hmm. So it's kind of like, to what degree are you, like, like, what degree are you in your true self? Like your That's one way self. to put it. Yeah. It's like, so you're checking in, like, you know, okay, how, how close, like right now, like, like how strongly do I feel in my true self? You know? And like, cause that's the self you want to operate and to maintain. Cause like you said, like, you, you don't want to like, um, that's a really interesting point. Like it, it, you, for you, like you described it as like kind of like a lack of love problem. Like, you want this sort of love, but it's not where you are in the present moment. So you can either go to the place where it is and what will truly satisfy your true self or kind of settle for something that doesn't really satisfy what your true self is looking for. And then mm. then it'll you'll, you, you might compromise things that you personally wouldn't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know it's important to have these value structures and, and a clear purpose in our lives, but it's very common for, for us to you know, start getting like a little mundane um, or kind of like we, we have routines throughout the day where, you know, we slowly start to kind of lose the, the zeal and the, the passion to pursue like this high standard that we have for ourselves um, as members of like the unificationist community and, and, uh, you know, values of higher purpose. Uh, that's why I think a life of faith is important for me. You know, a consistent 
practice where I can reconnect to, you know, the, the higher purpose that I have in my life, which is to, you know, be the, fulfill my potential and being the best person I can be, the best son, brother, future husband, a future uh, parent, father. So, yeah. yeah, that's the importance of a life of faith for me. Mm. Yeah, it, that's very interesting. Like the passion wanes, the, the the zeal wanes. And like this is book I've been reading uh, by a guy named Scott Adams. He's like the author of that, uh, what's it called? The Dilford, the, the comic strip. Okay. Um, and he's written this book. It's about, it's called Reframe Your Brain. Um, in one reframe he has, he has actually, basically his whole book is about like changing the way you think to kind of trick your brain into like not feeling, a, to trick you to not feel a certain way. Um, so to have better success. And one reframe he has is the usual frame is passion is the key to success. But the reframe is passion is nice, but it's not required. Because, and then he says later, quote, get your systems and talent stack or like various things you do well that, you know, can work together. That's what a talent stack is. Do, get that in order and you will do fine. And the passion will come, af- come afterwards almost. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, it, it goes back to that structure. Like we need structure. Like human beings need structure. In other words, the, the systems or the, the consistency or consistent things in place that enable us to be most often in our true self living that life of higher mm. purpose that you mentioned mm. yeah. yeah and like like the like you mentioned about the book as you you know in this case continue to grow as i continue to grow my relationship with god my heavenly parents uh and you know i can see uh substantial progress in my purpose which is to be the best self i can be then naturally passion will come um, because you can see progress. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel with the goal. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's interesting too. Like, like this, like what you're saying, right? Like you, you like do th- you like, for example, you don't drink alcohol, right? That's not like some people might think of that as like, you know, Oh, you're trying to judge me because I drink alcohol. That's actually not the fundamental root. The root is having that firm structure and value system for yourself whatever it may be like if someone's value system states that it is okay to uh like drink alcohol because of whatever whatever reason but if it's a reason um then it's like okay that's your value system like you have some sort of structure behind it but if it's just like oh i don't know like sure like they're offering me it like what's the harm it's like that's not as mm-hmm. much as a value system or structure as it is just like doing whatever and then whatever usually leads to whatever is that you don't like. <laughs> you're compromising more and more yeah. because you're not strong in what you believe in yeah. or you don't then, know what you believe in maybe. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you don't feel in control. Like I think that one, this is like goes back to like kids think rules are d- like bad because kids think rules like, like the simple, the simple analysis is that rules are bad because it restricts freedom. But actually, there is no freedom without the rules. It's like playing a game. It's like if you don't have rules to the game, you can't even play the game because the game can't yeah. exist without rules. 
And it's the same thing with freedom uh, in Levin Moon's theology and Exposition of the Divine Principle. It, it says like there's no freedom without the principle and other, or like the rules of the universe. Because otherwise it's just like it's chaos, like out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I'm that's why we're both really passionate about CARP, the, the, the ministry that we're start that we've been starting here at Give a plug. Uh, Give our a college plug. campus. <laughs> Follow CARP Boston on Instagram. Give a plug. We have meetings bi-weekly on Friday. Go crazy. But anyway, the the point of this is to uh, continue to discover those principles that you know God has created this world with, and our lives around, um, so that we can achieve this freedom that you were talking about. You know, this sense of control over our lives and, and fulfillment that we're all seeking. Really. Yeah, because in my view too, it's like you know. To have a relationship with God as a heavenly parent, which is, you know, a relationship I have as well, as also part of this, you know, unificationist community of faith, um, like, there have to be some rules. Like, I think, you know, one reason that people get put off by God um, is because the rules, um, especially like in the Christian and Jewish faith. Um, and even the Muslim faith to an extent, like to a large extent, actually, like, you know, the, the, the Torah has like the law and it's like, if you don't follow the law, it's like, you are like, you're going to, you're going to hell or what's it called? I'm not sure. What, what's hell called in Judaism? I forget. You'll, you'll feel the wrath of God. Yeah. The wrath of God. Right. And then in Christianity, it, it, it does elevate a bit to the level of relationship but even then at least in my view it's kind of like you know if you don't believe in christ you're damned to hell in the last days like that's the fundamental christian belief at the end of the day that's just what that's the literal interpretation of the bible that we could go on and on and talk about the bible really. mm -hmm. um, but and then in in islam it's like the five like the five main virtues are key and if you don't do the five main virtues like you're in trouble basically um, and people get put off by that because it's like, wait a minute, like I have to follow this deity's rules, or else like I'm damned to hell. Like that seems kind of stupid, especially mm. when you get to Christianity, because it's like, wait a minute, isn't God like all merciful? Like, isn't Jesus? Doesn't Jesus have like eternal love for everyone? Um, but it's actually like for love to exist, you do need some sort of rules, and like those three faiths rules that I just described are like. Uh, levels of rules like for human beings for certain time periods i believe yeah i agree as well um yeah the the thing that may put off you know people from religion or god in general is you know, rules without love you know and if there is everyone is seeking that kind of love and freedom that we're talking about um but if you know they're just being shoved rules down their throat and without this genuine this feeling that you know people genuinely care for them god genuinely cares for them then naturally you know they feel put off by that like you said yeah it's really important to you know manif manifest what god has been wanting us to uh you know live like which is a life of love you know yeah i think that's why me and you both you know who you know we are of the headwing view 
and we do believe God is our heavenly parent. And the importance of that to both of us, I would say, um, is the fact that having God be a parent actually can give a the most adequate explanation of why there are rules, at least in my opinion. Because that's parenting. Parenting is absolute unconditional love, ideally speaking, um, but within certain rules, yes and no. You can stay out till this time. You know, you can't be like on the computer for like twelve hours and rot your brain. Yeah. You know, and of and course, kids, these rules like are for for the the children's sake. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of the motivation behind it too. Because the flip side to all of this is like, you know, you are too rigid in the rules. You're too rigid in your structure, and then you aren't able to converse with people with different backgrounds of faiths or value systems because like you said you want to do that like you want to hang out and meet and have conversations with people with other value systems that may be completely different to your own and that's the purpose of this podcast to have conversations with all value structures we happen to have very similar views because we're in the same community um but the goal is to have people who have very have different views and may be may not believe in God at all or have totally opposite views to me and I'm excited for that. But that's kind of where the opposite of this whole rules and structure comes in. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's why I enjoy CARP so much because we have people of all backgrounds, you know. We've we've had uh people from various Christian denominations. We've we've had um Muslims. We had people that may not uh, be into religious faith at all, but creating an environment where people can, you know, honestly discuss, you know, principles relating to our life is uh, really important for the pursuit of, you know, peace and harmony in our in our communities, in our families, and even in our world, because we see that there's a lot going on, um, a lot of conflict. So, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, like. Um, you know, the Israel-Hamas war is going on at the time of mm-hmm. recording of this podcast, and it's like, like, the Jews and the Muslims, according to, like, uh, the Old Testament, they originate from Abraham. You know, the Jews descend from Isaac, and then the Muslims and the Arabs specifically descend from Ishmael, and specifically the Moabites, who are one of the Canaanite tribes. And, you know, if you know anything about the Bible, the Israelites and the Canaanites were at war constantly. And it's kind of like thousands of years later, like that ancient conflict between the tribes of Israel and the Moabites and the other tribes of Canaan descending from the conflict between Isaac and Ishmael. It's like that's still happening, but they're all part of the same family. They're all part of the same like Abrahamic family at the end of the day, whether, you know, we like it or not. Like those are the biblical and religious and even historical facts. Yeah. And yeah, we see the the conflict in the relationship between, you know, siblings and within the family on the worldwide stage. You know, looking at the conflict of Israel Palestine, like you mentioned, um, which is a basically an extended conflict between brothers. Yeah. Uh yeah. so yeah, I think that's why, once again, it's important to continue to investigate principles in creating 
you know, a happy and healthy family um, upon which we can have healthy relationships within our own family, but also extending to the society and the worldwide level that we see here. Yeah, and that's the goal. That's another reason why God as a heavenly parent is so important to us, I think, especially to me, because it's like, If we don't acknowledge that we come from the same source, then we think we are the owners. It's like uh, this is something that uh, Mother Moon talks a lot about. She's like, you know, why like all these territories? Like we all want peace, but yet we're all in disputes over territory throughout the world because we think we own the world. But actually, it's it's like you're living at home, right? Like your siblings, like your siblings are like they're, they're fighting over the remote control, right? And like they're yelling at each other and arguing, and like you know maybe they're like like shouting names at each other. Maybe it gets physical and they they hit each other. Then the mom and dad come in and it's like give me the remote, and they're both and the kids are like why why like they suddenly both unite like why why and it's like uh, because this is my house my TV. Uh, give me the remote. Stop fighting. <laughs> and then the the, mm -hmm. the fight will kind of deescalate pretty quickly because both kids are like oh shoot because we fought. Now neither of us can get what we want. Now neither of us can watch the TV because our mom and dad like took the remote away. It's kind of similar. It's like if we don't have, if we don't acknowledge our shared like origin or parent, it's like we're we're gonna keep fighting forever. At least in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The world, the individual, like it all, it all connects, you know. <laughs> it all connects, indeed. Yes. Yeah. And uh, la last point I'll say too is like, um, you know, this whole the Israel Hamas conflict, like it's even it has infiltrated the college campus. You know, there's a lot of like you know, pro-Palestine protesters, pro-Israel protesters, and then there's like this is my opinion it's like then there's the pro hamas protesters which is like hamas is like they're like the devious sibling in the family that's like ooh let me like put these siblings to fight you know like like the devious sibling it's like like hamas like like they are just pure evil like we got to face the facts they're pure evil they are terrorists and they want to wipe every single jewish person off the earth but who are they are they just preying on the Jews to, you know, fight? No, they're they're preying on their own population, the Palestinians, the Arabs, to to hate the Jewish people. In all these countries, there's like um, like Jordan, for example, or Sudan. It's like, especially Iran. It's like they the people there are they they don't like the Jewish people. They want to kill them. But why? It's because of the government propaganda coming down on them and the governments are proxies oftentimes or they have you know hamas implants in them and it's like so you have hamas taking advantage of both you know the jewish people by brutally attacking them and the the arab and palestinian people by like training them from birth to hate and kill jews it's total brainwashing propaganda and it's like it can even influence the United States, which have access to information, like way more information compared to these countries. And yet there's like all these like violence, like rolling out at these, you know, protests and like college campuses. It's like, it's absurd. It's like, it's all playing into like the devious sibling, Hamas, their, their little game. Mm. Yeah. 
And can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. You know, Hamas's ideology kind of uh, stems from this idea that you know, one ethnicity, in this case, the Jewish people, uh, aren't worthy of uh, life or, or home or uh, anything that, you know, like a, a human is in, entitled to. I mean, this comes from, you know, a lack of seeing this group of people from, you know, the heavenly parents perspective. Mm. Um, seeing each person with, you know, invaluable, uh, as invaluable in the eyes of God, you know, a sibling that is loved, you know, unconditionally by the heavenly parent. And we see this in almost every group. This is a very, you know, unfortunately, a common uh, kind of view that a lot of people have. Like even on the other other side, you have Zionists uh, who, who believe that, you know, they are the chosen people and, and the people that they're occupying. Um, are inferior to them, things like this. So like you were mentioning, it's really important for us to continue to strive towards, you know, like a family in which, you know, each member of the family can see each other's value and their own value in the eyes of the parent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's tricky too. Cause like, there's a lot of history behind things, you know? Uh, and that's you know discussion for another time like the history of the region and like who like has claim to the land you know and you know if we believe you know it, it it gets tricky however in the end you know no one really claims that land except god um mm. you know and so there's a lot of history behind it I personally believe that the Jewish people are entitled to the land of Israel and that the, you know, Hamas is using the Arab sentiments to, you know, kind of, you know, wipe out that country. That's my personal belief. However, at the same time, in the end, this whole world is none of ours. It's our heavenly parents. And for us to be owners of it, to be owners of it, we have to have a relationship with our parents. It's like, if we don't have a relationship with our own parents, you know, and we like mistreat them and don't pay attention to them, chances are some, if not all of their inheritance is not going to go to us because we didn't have any relationship with them. So they might, you know, pass on their will to another sibling or inheritance to another sibling, or perhaps not even in the family at all to not cause trouble between the siblings. So it's like, if we, really want to be you know owners of this world you know claim it as our own we have to take responsibility for it and we have to also acknowledge and relate with our heavenly parent our origin mm. yeah yeah and you know it may be easy to think that this what we're talking about is a very idealistic or like utopian goal to have yeah um but I really think that, you know, striving towards, you know, uh, a relationship with our heavenly parents and you know, healthy relationships in our own lives with ourselves and with, uh, you know, our family members, this is, you know, a worthy goal to strive for and to dedicate my life for in particular, uh, in particular. Yeah. So yeah, it's onwards and upwards. Exactly. And the college campus is a great, um, 
place for that. You know, a lot of different people, a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different religious views. But it's like seeking coexistence there is can it's almost like it can kind of serve as a microcosm for the world because like we talked about like initially it may feel like there's no parental figure on the college campus but you know everyone at least understanding at some sort of level in their own unique way that there is a common origin to the universe can go a long way in my opinion and you know i think that you know I was even taking a look at, you know, the various, you know, gods in both monotheistic and polytheistic religions. And it's like, if we mm. look at them, you know, all the monotheistic religions that are major and are standing today, they all have a concept of this origin and origin. And also that there's some idea of like a second coming as well. So those two things right there from all monotheistic religions, despite all the differences, there's that uniting, overarching similarity. And even when we look at the, the cultures throughout the world, like the origin stories, like creation stories, and you know, what led to human beings being in the state they were and are here at this time, there's a lot of commonalities, a lot of commonalities. Like people like uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson uh, expound on that a lot establishing links between for example the genesis creation story and the buddha's create the buddha story and the ancient mesopotamian story of Marduk and the egyptian story he's just, people like him are establishing these commonalities and i think that if that can be done at such a macro level i feel like you know it's like you said we should at least strive for it you know because it's like why would we strive for less? I don't want to strive for less. I want to strive for the best, even if it can't be achieved. Mm. Yeah. And I believe the best testament to, uh, you know, a world of peace is to have peace like within myself and to do my best to have peace within my own family, because that is substantial. Th those aren't just, you know, words I'm spewing to someone else from a book, but it's something that people can also see um, and, and something that is true joy that they can see in, in my life, for example. And they, they can potentially be inspired to, to use the sim similar or the same principles to build upon, build uh, their own, you know, family or their own character. So, you know, being a living testimony to what you want to see in this world is uh, something that I'm passionate about and I'm looking forward to continue to do each day. I'm looking forward to see it. That Miranda family. Uh, yes, sir. Likewise. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so kind of what, we, we, what we've been talking about has kind of been the headwing worldview of God, which is God is our heavenly parent. Um, and I hope that for the listeners, um, there probably will be some who are familiar with this worldview as, you know, I want to, I'm going to be marketing the podcast to people in the unificationist community first, you know, got to get the, the followers up, the downloads, you know, so like, subscribe, download, you know, your support would be really helpful um, because at the same time, 
this is not for any one community. This podcast is for, you know, the whole country, the whole world to listen to, ideally. And we're going to start small. I'm going to start small and uh, build up. Um, but I hope that this was an enlightening conversation for you as the listener. And, um, yeah. And thank you, Samuel. Thank you for uh, coming on for the first episode. Yeah, thanks, Luke, for initiating this. I think it's a really worthwhile product that you have going on here. And I'm excited to see the other guests that you'll be having on here for their own unique perspectives, too. And I hope it can you know, lead towards a, a more kind of unified community where um, people can experience that joy that everyone's seeking. So thanks once exactly. again. Exactly. Yeah, no problem, of course. And, you know, we're going to have uh, at least one other conversation on God. Uh, we're going to have multiple. We'll also hear from guests in the future on some political issues, uh, some just life experience, uh, personal beliefs, uh, and more. But we wanted to really take this first episode to uh, bring out the Headwing worldview because it's something that you know most of the world may not have heard of, and that's a unique aspect of this podcast is that I, as the host, want to offer that perspective. Uh, in whatever conversation that we have, because those are my personal beliefs. And um, like all the guests that will appear on the program, I'm not going to be filtered, and neither will any of the guests. And uh, it's a very great, fruitful conversation, I think. So thank you once again for stopping by on Headwing Talk. Thank you. Alrighty, once again, everyone, thanks for listening. Please like, please subscribe, follow us at headwing podcast on instagram and we will see you in the next episode adios see ya (laughs) yes sir we did it